Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Welcome back, guys. You're listening to Style Over Substance. We're just two friends talking about our experiences working inside the fashion industry and also our observations from outside the fashion industry. It's sometimes serious, but it's definitely always a good laugh. Always. We release new episodes every Tuesday. So subscribe on your favorite podcast listening platforms. Um, yeah, so, this is new. <laughs> um, well, we don't know if it's going to work yet. Well, we also said that last time when we never posted the video. So. Oh yeah, that's true because it was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So this is our first ever podcast recording of over two years that is actually in video format. And in person. Was that yes, like that's true. Ever? <laughs> yeah, that is true. Actually. Um, it's very weird. It's really weird. I don't know where to look. So we do actually like each other. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a long time coming. It is, it is. And I feel like even though, I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like the fact that we've managed to keep up with this podcast for a substantial amount of time yeah, yeah. kind of puts us in like the top 5% of all podcasts ever started. Yeah, yeah. Just for this, if we consistency sake, okay? Yeah. But the fact that we've done so well in this regard, we have done terrible <laughs> in like actually producing content that the algorithm demands. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and we've also learned that we are not IT support. No, we've had some technical difficulties today, for sure. But we're we're here. We're trying. <laughs> Huh. This is us trying. Yeah. yeah. It will get better with time. I mean, if anyone's listened to our podcast from the beginning, <laughs> they will know it was very, very slow progress. Yeah, and hopefully we've got better at speaking. I think we have. I hope so. Yeah. I say the word like a lot less. Yeah, I don't think you've done it yet. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't done it yet. <laughs> You're thinking don't, about it. Oh, no. <laughs> um... What's your fashion story? (laughs) (laughs) 
my fashion story is about the company that owns uh, Netta Porto. Mm-hmm. So um, they, if you didn't know... So the Ukes group. Ukes, Netta Porte, yeah. they were basically merged... So you had Netta Porte, and they were... Netta Porte, the main brand, Mr. Porter and the Outlet. Mm-hmm. And they were actually had a majority stake was bought of that group by this other conglomerate called Richemont like years ago and they own like Cartier and like other jewellery brands and like watchfinder.com and all that Mm -hmm. um and then they also owned and acquired and merged together with Net-A-Porter Ukes so they're like the outnet yeah the Italian version or something um well recently what's happened this week is that um, Richemont has sold their stake to Farfetch. Yeah. So far a competitor. No, that's the thing. It's not really a competitor. So Richemont own brands like LVMH or Caring does yeah. or whatever. Farfetch, although they've been slowly acquiring like small niche brands, they are in essence a tech platform. Yeah. So they don't compete with Richemont. And the thing is... The no, re- but they compete surely with Net-A-Porter. Well, no, they don't. So they... Richemont really struggled with Net-A-Porter. And I think, to be honest, they were running it at a loss from right. what I've read. Yeah. And the reason for that is because e-commerce platforms are fundamentally like tech yeah. companies. It's all about the logistics just in time. Like how the website performs, how it suggests things yeah. to you, like all of that you have to be really in tune with. And Richemont just, that wasn't their bread and butter. Mm. They just didn't know how to do that sort of thing. And so they struggled with like, I remember a few years ago, they struggled with like, like this whole like migration of their tech platforms and stuff. And so one of the ways they... Net-a-Porter used to make a lot of money is hosting websites for like Montclair mm. and like all these other like luxury brands that again were too small to like manage that themselves yeah so as a result of like lots of tech issues they've kind of started losing that side of the revenue because they're shit at it basically yeah um so Farfetch has come in because Farfetch is like the king of luxury retail yeah. tech They're always advertising to us through Instagram and, like, YouTube influencers. Yes, permanently. Permanently. All the time. (laughs) 24-7. It's like, I've got a far-fetch code for you. (laughs) I know. I mean, I have to admit, their their kind of, like, promotion is on a level with, like, Savage X Fenty. You know how it's like, everyone in a dog has a discount code. Yeah, 100%. Like, if I were to search right now for a Farfetch discount code, I would find one. Yeah, exactly. I even think I followed the or found this girl the other day, and she just had her discount codes in her, like, bio. It wasn't even like, oh, you need to consume my content to find it. Like, here you go, here's my three codes I've got currently. Because it's like an affiliate link, isn't it? So they get paid off for every, whatever you buy from Farfetch. So, um, yeah, Farfetch has acquired them. Farfetch is, like, they're, like, the ones that are making this, like, mm-hmm. a lot of money in the industry at the moment. And it makes sense. I think that they're going to probably bring... Because now, at the moment, they have all these actual brands mm. that are using the websites. They have the likes of, like, Mr. Porter and Netaporte, which are which are department stores, yeah. let's say. 
and then Farfetch, their whole business is we connect small little boutiques yeah. with you so you can get whatever you need. So now they've like dominated every aspect. Yeah. Of... It's insane. That is insane. I wonder if we're going to see more discount codes for the likes of Netaporter. Well, maybe. To make their money back, they'd probably be like, we need to run a fucking yeah. massive sale. Because you don't find that as much with Netaporter. And I know that for Farfetch, like... A, they guess have to confirm it with all their boutiques or they're taking their own cut or whatever it is. But Farfetch always does have a code. Yeah. And Nessa Porter very rarely does. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's because their business models are completely different. Yeah. So, like... They're attracting like, different customers as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think the, the way they work with brands is different, though, as well. Like, if you've been on YouTube and you see those, like, influencers, like, if you're not aware, Farfetch, you know, like like collates and yeah. brings together all these different like small stores so i think these small stores appreciate the added traffic that discount codes yeah. bring them whereas when you're buying di- you're buying stock merchandise directly from i don't know theory or like yeah. joseph or whatever a lot of these brands want to protect their brand and say you cannot run too many discounts yeah. on my stuff yeah. um i mean that's the reason why like chanel doesn't go on any of yeah. these platforms and stuff um, and I know that, like, at Netaporte, like, uh, Balenciaga used to do, like, discounts, and they don't, and Gucci and stuff, and they don't now, um, and that's to protect the brand, so, I don't know, mm. it's a pretty big, um, acquisition. Huge. I wonder what we'll see from that. Yeah. What is your fashion story? My fashion story is the An- just talking about the Anya Hindmarch Village. Oh, yeah. So they have a cafe. They have, I mean, all sorts. But recently, they've done this ice cream campaign where obviously, well, not obviously, but Anya Hindmarch has done um, like bags reminiscent of some of our favorite cereals, food. Like yes. there's been like the right... Is a Rice Krispies or like the Frosties bag. Yeah. Then there's been like maybe Cocoa Pops or like Kellogg's, whatever it is. I think it's those like sequin bags and like she's done stuff to do with like foods that we know and love. There's yeah. been the Polo Tube bag and all this stuff. So she's created ice creams of loads of this stuff. Yeah. I've and seen it those. just feels like the weirdest thing, but also she's becoming like this concept designer and it's like so much more and there's this real experience you can get if you go to Belgravia which like not many designers do this no like we were talking about how she is I don't know she is more of like a big ideas kind of designer kind of like I think has Stella McCartney done something similar in the past I'm not sure, but I wouldn't mind betting like that she's collabed or done work with Stella as yeah. well. Like, she gives I me Stella like, yeah. vibes for some reason. Um, but yeah, she's always putting on these really big like displays. I think mm. we mentioned like the cloud. Yeah, her moment. chubby heart that gets erected in Marble Arch, is it? Yeah. Right, and- for Valentine's Day or different things and yeah, have all these things. I think then they... I swear they might have done something for Ukraine. Like, they yeah. just, like, make these moments that not only are Instagrammable, but they're, like, these, like, user experiences yeah. 
that it's just really unique and also like i feel like more people buy into probably this village than her bags at this point i was gonna say like who like who buys her bags yeah like i love her designs but equally like for me her designs they're play i like her playful designs Mm. so that stuff i'm not gonna go spend like 400 500 plus quid on something that's actually just playful but I would go and have an afternoon tea where, like, the pastry's got googly eyes on it or, like, my coffee looks like whatever and it's playful. I think that's way more fun. Or going and trying Marmite flavour ice cream. And then, of course, you're going to post about that. Yeah. And it just brings people into, like, her world. I really like what she does. I think she demonstrates that she has ideas and creativity and execution outside of fashion yeah which we've spoken a lot about how i want to say small brands but you don't have to be that small at all like even the likes of like victoria beckham and stella mccartney and all of that these size brands can really struggle financially and the fact that she can kind of like move outside of like flogging handbags Mm. and actually put on things that people want to attend is a real testament to her like her vision and her hard work mm. having said that i mean i would i definitely feel like i need to go to the village yeah. but have we moved past the idea of like going to experiences just for instagram's sake i think so and actually funnily enough i was talking to my brother about this earlier we were talking about how like at my workplace i get called a bit like the old person even though i'm not i'm definitely not <laughs> So um, it's the it's the really rich and really old. <laughs> I've also got no friends of the office. He has no friends. Um, I don't get bullied at work, guys. Um, or do I? Um, no, but like it's like the joke of like because I sort of in between like big like senior management and then like I'm still sort of in the fray of like the younger crowd, but I'm on the older end of the younger crowd, and I think it's more that people are surprised at my age. Oh, okay. I think it's more like, oh, that's like, yeah, you're older. Like, <laughs> you're a millennial. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's because it's like Gen Z people that we've got. And my brother was joking because he's like got people in his team, in his cricket team, where he's now one of the older guys. Yeah. And these young people come in and we would talk about, yeah, like social media is now quite different. And like the apps that people use now, the big app is Snapchat. That is dead in our really that's dead and they've gone back to snapchat snapchat is what young people use it's what gen z use i thought it was just a really small sector of snapchat not small sector of snapchat but like small section of younger people today are still on snapchat no no no. it is their main app so like i did see my niece on it and like they it's like it's their whatsapp like they use it as like a whatsapp group because you can like create groups it's like and then yeah how we maybe like we'll send each other a picture via whatsapp that it just it's all on snapchat snapchat's a little bit stressful for me because of the whole timing out thing yeah yeah but like but equally i guess that's also like the most real thing is like you can't fake it you can't like filter it edit it you well you can't put the stupid filters on (laughs) the whole reason why we have all these filters is because of snapchat but you know what i mean like you can't go in and like facetune it or whatever like whatever you take in snapchat like is basically what you send um, so yeah, it's a huge thing. But also then there's the app Be Real, 
Have you heard of Be Real? No. So it's basically, it's a really, really clever idea. And if we were younger, I think we would use it. I think we still would. I think we'd use everything. I think we still would, to be honest. But it's basically the idea that like at one point, maybe it's more than one time a day, but like at a certain time of day, Mm. changes I think every day, it will send like just take a picture of where you are. So they're like um, challenges, not challenges, but like... um... I think it's more to be like, I'm showing you what I'm doing, but like it could be that you sort of maybe like people will joke of like, oh, I've been caught meeting up with like my ex that I wasn't meant to. Like it's that thing of like, oh, you've got to like show what the view behind and in front of the camera. Really? I think it's something like that. And you, it basically is then like some reactive thing what you do with all your friends. And it can be like that cool thing of like, what are you guys up to right now? Oh, okay. Kind of a thing. <gasps> but how like it's, it's so instant now that we aren't in that place of this configured timeline. I do think we're moving away from that Instagram moment. Oh my God, that's going to look so good. I think that is sort of leaving with the people who were probably midway between Gen Z and Millennial, those curated timelines and the people who are posing with their hair like flipping or like not looking at the camera. I Mm. think that's slowly moving away again. Mm. And I would say that people are becoming more like, these are some collections of photos. I'm not trying to be perfect because actually even from an influencer now i don't want you looking picture perfect i kind of want to look like obviously certain things look nice that way but you also just want someone to be real yeah yeah i agree i get what you mean it's really difficult because it's like to what extent does like performative realism begin and end like when you're trying to look real and trying to look candid yeah you are you're putting it on. You're trying a bit harder and stuff. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, maybe it's just like because we grew up, you know, seeing the development of Facebook and Instagram and and Snapchat and Clubhouse and all these other ones. I think I still appreciate going places and taking nice pictures of where I oh. am. <laughs> like, I, but I think and, that's human nature. I yeah. think we have to remember that is like our parents took photos before there was the internet and social media. You take nice pictures because you want to capture memories. But I would also say now that like, even I used to be way more susceptible to like, I do my makeup nicely and I'll take pictures of myself. And now it'll be like, yeah, because I like my makeup. It's not to be like, I'm going to post that. Like the amount of photos I probably have taken now that don't go anywhere. Mm. Whereas before that would be like the real driving force behind it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And... But yeah, I just think also it's nice to capture good moments and memories. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah. Hmm. Let's go to the village. Yeah, we should. Maybe like a pod- live podcast. <laughs> we couldn't even figure this out. How <laughs> could we do that? Like Anya, do you want to host our live, our live oh podcast event? Yeah. Oh my God, that is going to go down on my list of things like next to the Chanel advent calendar. Yeah, things we need, (laughs) things we need to do and make. Um, Yeah. We interrupt this broadcast to say, go follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Starloves of Substance Pod. There you'll find our weekly fashion topics, all the stuff that we discuss in each episode and our polls 
or reach out to us at styleoversubstancepodcast at gmail.com for new suggestions of topic discussions or even to share your own fashion stories. We also have a YouTube channel, Style Over Substance Podcast, if you'd rather listen to our episodes over there. Back to the episode. So we are discussing luxury, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luxury quality versus branding versus marketing. So basically, what are you paying for? Mm-hmm. Why did you pay that? Yeah. And like, yeah. Did you buy your Hermes bag because you believe it's the best quality handbag that there is to offer? Or have you bought it because that is what marketing has led you to believe? Yeah, definitely. And like what's like our motivations Mm. to wanting to buy into luxury i think we've never really broached this topic head on yeah i think we've talked about um maybe which brand is seen to have the best quality yeah and why people say they've bought into certain brands and certain labels and whatnot um but really when we think about it and we examine our own behavior and our own buying trends does that measure up like for example we were we saw like a couple of tiktok videos earlier today yeah. and it was this uh, leather tanner and he also makes leather pieces and he was explaining um he was kind of like dissecting various luxury um items mm. and telling his like viewers like this is actually made out of really nice leather quality and the grade of this leather is actually really good um However, this product, it's not as high quality as you're led to believe and blah, blah, blah. He went into Emma's and he bought this like kind of coin purse. Yeah. Really kind of basic constructed coin purse. And he said, actually, like, I have to admit this calf, calf skin is actually very nice. It's like Mm. top notch leather. And I'm surprised that Emma's, as big as they are, have managed to produce items of still exceptional leather. And so... When people say, I buy MS because they're, like, classic and the quality is amazing. And also the idea of, like, you have to wait to get your bag because there's not a lot of them. Yeah. And because they're handmade. There is some truth in that. Yeah. And by the same token, I think, when we look at other brands and they're really expensive and we go, oh, don't know why it's so expensive... Mm half of this half of what you're paying for is just the brand name it's just the for them to put like embossed chanel on it you know they could be 100 percent right but for some people they don't care yeah like they, they happily pay for the brand name yeah it's such a funny one because i'm sat there thinking like i know all of this yet there is still an element of me that aspires to have something from chanel when i know and like this guy said in his tiktoks you could go to a market or a totally different shop or like even someone on Etsy could be making something in nicer leather than some of these wallets. And especially wallets or small leather goods tend to not be high quality leather. So that is something to consider. Like what, like 
it's just you don't normally use the best leather quality okay. for um, SLGs. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with my knowledge of the industry, even with the knowledge that like it's not the best quality, there is still something about owning something from Chanel. So that can only then be their branding. Yeah. And that can only then be their marketing or whatever the universal statement is that Chanel is something to be aspiring to it is I don't know like they've done something right there because I have all the information this is what all this reminds me of when you like someone yeah and you know they're not right for you <laughs> and you know all this stuff on paper that you're like yeah no yeah I don't want to be treated like that that and that and then you're like but I still like them yeah yeah, yeah. that is what that feels like with Chanel yeah that's the thing yeah when you like work for certain brands that are considered to be luxury and we've discussed this many a time before and they have like their own sample sales yeah they have like their staff sales and you can get a bag which is normally like 500 pound or up for like 20 pound mm. and for whatever reason they might just be you know flogging shifting it dead stock. yeah shifting dead stock whatever um but you know that like what the markups are yeah it I don't know what it is it's like a a feeling that you can't explain you still want to buy into certain brands because and I think we were talking about it last week like you are able to buy into a new social status Mm. and that is like in the world we live in capitalism that's what you grow up. Yeah. That's what you grow up in. That's everything around you. You can't shift that feeling. Like, that is the only aspiration that we're led to believe that matters. Mm. Is like, can you create a life better than you already have? And yeah. one of those ways you do it is when you can buy exceptionally expensive, <laughs> expensive stuff. Expensive shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is so true. It's so true. But, um, yeah, so I was wondering, what are your thoughts on a lot of people who... Let's take the Balenciaga for a second, mm-hmm. because I think they're like probably the most obvious culprits of this. Do you think a lot of Balenciaga's customers who buy, you know, the trainers, the t-shirts, the... Not even the couture, but like the really expensive yeah. sportswear, let's say. Do you think people buy it for its quality do you think they they actually think even i know that i'm just buying a basic t-shirt i think this t-shirt will last longer i think they'd hope that because of the price tag yeah yeah, yeah. like i would hope that but the reality is i'm not buying a balenciaga t-shirt because i'm gonna wear it every week for the next five years because it's a quality item yeah you're buying it because you want to be wearing a balenciaga t-shirt And so I think that, like, I think because it's part of that, like, fast fashion, luxury fashion-esque, like, Mm, 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 vibe, I actually think it almost gets away with it, too, because it is just this, like, fast shot. It's really cool to wear a Balenciaga t-shirt one day. Then it's going to be cool to have the off-white thing. Like, it's part of the logo mania of, like, one thing's cool one week, one thing's cool the next, maybe. Mm -hmm. But... I wouldn't imagine there are many Balenciaga customers going, it, it's really good quality. Like, that's why I'm buying it. I think they're buying it because they like the design and they're jumping on the trend. 
Yeah, yeah. You would hope that they're quality. I would say maybe, do you remember the Balenciaga like sock trainer shoes? Yeah, yeah. I imagine people excused the price tag on that because they would be quality, like good quality shoes and that they would last. But I also don't know if they were. Yeah. I imagine they would like, with all des- with all luxury things, I imagine and I would hope that the price tag and quality work together mm-hmm. and are synonymous and I would imagine that they are a level above like the tier or the category below them you would hope so yeah of course but things fall apart and how nice can a t-shirt or a sweatshirt be how much bad press or bad or like examples of bad quality does a brand have to get before people actually think me buying into this brand no longer outweighs the average quality does that make sense like right now if it's average quality but buying into that brand makes you feel special somehow and you're willing to pay a premium for that branding when does the like tables turn and people feel like that branding is nothing to me because the quality is so shoddy I just think customer loyalty is, like, the crux. Okay. Like, I'm even thinking of, like, Pretty Little Thing. Mm-hmm. C- clearly a shit show. Yeah, that's... Sh- <laughs> like, like... Even the price. But then when you think of... The price is, like, huh, I've worn it once. But everybody knows that this this is creating, like, factory workers to be minimum pay... Like, all of this stuff. Like, they know there's issues with it. Like, there is the fast... Like, we all are now aware. People can't claim they don't understand fast fashion or the effects of it. I think we're all aware, especially the people who are buying into, like, clothes from these websites. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. they are aware, but they still do it. Like, people go to Primark and they still buy stuff from there, even though, of course, the quality is not going to be great. And they know it's probably been made under, like, certain conditions. And also, there is, obviously, the factor there of, like, needs must and financial stuff. Yeah. But I just still think like the loyalty of people wanting to buy crap from Pretty Little Thing is kind of like the same when it comes to your brand loyalty. Mm -hmm. I I think maybe if you are um, maybe in our category of you're going to be saving for a significant period. Okay. And like, say then I'm going to buy into Prada yeah. and I go and splash like 2,000, 3,000 pounds in a bag yeah. and that falls apart a few months like after buying it. Yeah. I'm not going to buy from there again. Yeah. I was thinking that. I was like, I think that people have to be scorned for yeah. the first time at least. Yeah. They have to personally feel it. And feel the financial blow of it too. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. if you throw money around, you'd kind of be like, oh well, yeah. a bit more. Yeah. Definitely. The, the, the reason why I brought that up is there's been um, there's been like discussions surrounding uh, Telfar bags versus Hermes bags, and it came off the back of Beyonce's new album. Yeah. And she has like a lyric in one of her songs. I I don't think I've listened to this track, but I've seen other people discuss it, and she, it she basically says how like all her Birkins are in storage, and it's all about Telfars now. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. The backstory of Telfar is that it's this, you know, black owned uh, American brand. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He's from Liberia, but whatever. Um, and popularity for these bags have risen a lot in the past, like, four years or whatever. Yeah. And I think they were known for being, like, the it bag of New York. Like, okay. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, every girl in New York had, like, a Telfar bag. And it was, like, cool and trendy. And then I think with the rise over, like, COVID period and Black Lives Matter, the the need or the desire for people to support black-owned and minority-owned yeah. businesses really entrenched brand loyalty for Telfar bags which makes sense and I completely like get that I don't own a Telfar bag yeah um and so when Beyonce obviously like her the billionaire rich you know wildly successful woman that she is is saying that like listen I can get any Birkin I want they mean nothing to me they're in storage right now they're not in vogue they're not in vogue to me right now what is is a significantly cheaper fake leather bag. It's it's not leather. It's I don't know what it's made from, but it's not leather. Yeah. Um, is what I'm into right now, what I'm supporting. And I get lyrically, like, she's putting that brand, that's considerably smaller brand yeah. on the map. And I think that's that's commendable. I get that. There was discussion of like, well, you can't compare the two. Yeah. Because listen, first off, Beyonce has every Birkin issue. Like, you really think she's like over Emma's bags? Yeah. She's not. Let's not kid ourselves. First of all, they're only in storage. You can just go get them again. Just she hasn't sold them. them or got rid of them. Exactly. But also, that wouldn't even count if she did because she can go. Like, she's got the money to go buy it she, anyway. Yeah. She could. That would literally be like me having like I've got a few nice bags and me just got suddenly going. But this route, this new Zara bag's really nice. <laughs> but like that's fine because I can also go and get one of my nice leather bags at any point. She has the luxury of choice. Yeah. She has the luxury to be so So bolshy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And flippant about something that is you know, what we would consider to be quality mm. and blah 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 blah. Anyway, um I saw um online someone saying like they're not comparable. One is handmade, one is hundred percent leather hand-stitched um they last such a long time the woman who made the argument and i agree is that emma's bags are probably more sustainable in the fact that you can have that bag and have it for the next 50 years and use it yeah whereas a telfar bag because it is as far as we know of a plastic composition 
it doesn't hold up as well. Mm. You know, we can't kid ourselves in pretending that a two, $300 bag is the same as an $8,000, 10, I don't know what it is in the States, like an 8,000 pound bag, you know? Um, and since then, I have heard of like kind of some personal accounts of people who own Telfar bags who say they don't last more than a year, which is sad because you want to see a yeah. small brand like do well and be successful and make quality. But... I'm thinking is the hype of Telfar bag will they will they experience a hit on their branding and their like brand loyalty that they enjoy thus far is that going to have like a be damaged because their quality is seemingly not up there probably because they're new they're more independent and they probably don't also have the financing to go right guys we've had this feedback we need to launch like a real so like in a bigger company yeah say let's like gucci and it's like right we keep getting this feedback we keep getting complaints on this leather we're literally gonna get our production team Mm. to do a research project into these issues like oh my god this lock keeps rusting what is going on? Let's speak to the people who are making the lock, who's plating it, mm. the people who are applying it in the factory. What part of that process can we improve? Blah, 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 blah. You're a small independent brand. You can't launch like an inquiry into your materials and do these tests, wear trials, all of that stuff. They're probably like learning on the job a little bit. Yeah. And also, if they've suddenly got like a bit more notoriety and scaling up in fashion is one of the hard, well, in any business, Mm. it's so hard to do, but especially if you're in like a manufacturing business where you have to suddenly buy much higher like quantities of stuff. Minimums, But you haven't got that finances in like, or you you have people haven't satisfied those orders yet, but so you're having to pre in front that cash and do all of these orders preempting things. Mm-hmm. No doubt, Beyonce talking about you in a song has also created more of a buzz and that demand. Yeah. Um, but what it will mean is then they don't get repeat customers and they might scale up their business and it not actually be worth their while doing that. Yeah. Um. I mean, hopefully in time they improve their quality, but also, yeah. yeah. It, I think it is really damaging for... I think it's really hard out there, especially it's like cancel culture, all of that stuff. I think that I think that the big brands, the big luxury brands are beyond cancel culture. Definitely, yeah. Like, like even if tomorrow, like, the CEO of Prada has come out to be, like, some misogynistic pig has like abused children or whatever Mm-mm. people are still gonna buy from Prada yeah like yeah. if you want those shoes if you want that bag you're still gonna buy it and you're just kind of gonna be like well he didn't like I'm yeah not, I'm like I don't know it doesn't even matter yeah but if you know that of like an independent designer I think there was a Met Gala not the last one maybe the year before the girl that wore the there was a dress that said something about tax Eat the rich. And then, because they got notoriety out of that dress, they got found to have not paid their, like, full taxes that year. Oh, Or there was, like, some drama. And I was like, again, she's a smaller designer. And that could, like, end her. And it's, like, this weird jealousy thing we often have with smaller brands that we don't let them fly or we don't give them the same kind of, um, I don't know... 
exemptions. Okay. Yeah, 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 that we do with the bigger brands. I mean, it's like, to get political, it's like the um, the people in America with all the loans being written off, like in the... Um, oh, yeah. Like all these like Supreme Court people or whatever it yeah. is, where you're just like, oh, right, so you're just getting all these loans written off, but there are families who are like literally going without, like... It's the same sort of principle. Once you get to a certain notoriety, you become untouchable. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, what would stop your brand loyalty? What kind of like consumer experience? Okay, say for your Balenciaga bag, what would have to happen to that bag for like you to not want to buy another one? If I bought an expert like that, I bought an expensive piece and it broke. Mm. I would just go back to the yeah. shop and be like, oh, you know, I, I'm sure this is just the only one that's yeah. done this. I'm sure it's just like an anomaly. Yeah. I'm not expecting it to be a systemic fault of production. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, you know what, can you send it away? I wouldn't be expected to pay. But yeah. for me, I would be like, yeah. I'm not paying for the repairs because I've already so paid for this bag. your consumer experience with them that then might deter 100%, you. 100%, yeah. If they not like, the quality of the product, it's the way they go about fixing the problem. Well, it depends because I would. It's kind of like fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, yeah, shame yeah. on me. So type. then, if you got another bag from there and it broke again, you'd probably be like, well, I'm not getting my third from there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, and I think it has to correlate with how much money I've spent on it as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if if I had a broken bag and I went to the store and I say I bought this a year ago. The strap's fallen off. It's not supposed to do that, surely. Can you send it away to get repaired? And they're like, sure, don't worry about it. We'll send it away. We'll bring it back to you, all that. I'll be like, cool. Like, Mm. I'm not holding it against them because things happen. Yeah. However, if it were like, you know, people complaining constantly about their Chanel leathers cracking and the stitching being wrong and things like that simultaneously with price increases i'd be thinking that brand's not worth it yeah it's not maybe i'd buy something small and see how Mm. i go the thing is it's like that brand appeal is so it's such a draw yeah that i would be lying if i said i wouldn't consider a chanel bag because i've heard so many bad things about it it's terrible but whatever Um, Yeah, because also in my head, I'm already thinking, okay, well, I'd find out which leathers that is. Yeah, you're trying to like... Like, I'm just... I'm making excuses for this guy. (laughs) so bad. I'm like, oh, you know, but maybe he was going through something at that time, you know? Maybe that that poor bag maker was just... But like, maybe it's certain leathers, or maybe that's just like the like the more fashion ones, and maybe it's not going to be the more timeless classics, like, maybe it's not the style that I want... Because yeah. even in my head, I'm thinking quality control issues, that's probably the fun stuff. That's what I'm thinking. It's the seasonal ones. I don't that's know what why. I've heard. That's what I've heard. Because you can afford to skimp on the seasonal stuff because it's the playful, fun things. It's not your bread and butter where it's like, oh, like this is one of our continuous designs, like the Gabriella, like, or Gabrielle, whatever it's called. Um, well, we want people to want this for 10 years. So quality on that's a bit more important than that, like, fun, like, you know, know. in this year, out the next. The micro bags or whatever yeah. it might be. I think also... In Bright that- colours also are a really difficult thing in terms of leather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. we used to have such issues with 
getting really pale colors because if you're trying to do something in a certain way there's only so many attempts you get at getting a color on leather mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and okay. the more you coat leather the more it's likely to crack so if you want that oh, baby pink yeah, yeah. like um leather that's probably more susceptible to crack or that bright yellow that you've got to make the base white yeah. before you then colour over it. Yeah. Those are more susceptible to crack than maybe like your navies or your more natural colours that can be made like through certain things. Mm. So yeah, I'm making excuses for this point. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in a toxic relationship yeah. with Chanel. I've also heard, on, I've heard through the grapevine for people who are obviously wealthier than me has said that we've all seen that Chanel has far more collections a year than what they used to yeah. have. And so that constant turnaround of new merchandise and new stock yeah. means that production is faster. And you are more likely to find quality issues when there's less oversight because you just have so yeah. much more volume to go through. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because actually, I've, I've always been someone who checks Chanel's website. I always have... They used to literally just have four drops. It would literally be spring, summer, resort. Um, I'm probably not doing this in the right. Resort, cruise, autumn, like, winter. There, there was like cruise and autumn, winter. That was it. Like they had those four drops and you would wait and see those products from those shows go online. Of course, you can't buy it online, but you would then get to see the, the selection. Whereas now I think they trickle things through a bit more. I don't even think everything goes on their website anymore. They use their website in such a bizarre way to yeah. me. But I know that in store now, they're doing kind of the likes of what Zara might do. Or like, oh, come in next week and we've got actually a new style coming in. Really? I think so. I think Chanel don't just have those four drops. Like, I think they... No, they do have more. But I didn't, it was, I didn't know it was I don't like, think it's every week. But I think like, it's more... Porte is like, new items on our website every day of the week. But I think that's sort of... Chanel's trying to do some in-between seasonal things that, like, lure you into their store a bit more and stuff. And, um, yeah. And I think that's, that's probably not great. And that's going to affect quality. I mean, I remember I once went into a Chanel store and I was doing some, like research for work and I was checking like what the insides were like and like okay so you know because actually the most important thing personally for actually designing a bag is the functionality yeah obviously you want it to look nice but there's only so many designs a handbag's really ever going to have because there's a reason that they're designed a certain way or certain shapes work best and Mm -hmm. certain clasps or um, closures work best but you want it to have some like really luxury interiors if you're paying a lot for a bag Mm. You want it to have some nice internal pockets and thoughtful things, all of that. And so that's what we were sort of looking at. And one of the inside zips was a YKK zip. You can find that. I wouldn't mind. Yeah, that's not, I'm not, no, 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 no. The zip on my trousers right now is a YKK zip. These trousers are from Zara. Like, I don't want a YKK zip on anything I buy that's designer. I'm so sorry. If I don't see the logo on that zip, red flag is going off in my head. And I'm thinking, is this a fake? That's yes. what I'm thinking. And I would like, it was the small, like, internal zip in, like, on the maybe the fabric or whatever. But I was like, I can go buy this from a shop. I could go buy this zip from John Lewis, from a haberdashery. Again, like you said, everything should have 
First of all, it's not that hard. You literally buy the zipper end, so it could be a YKK zip for all we know, but you just take that zip off and you put your own little zip head on. Mm-hmm, okay. All of those touches like, is what you can do. Yeah. And there isn't a Chanel zip factory. Like but YKK they, is probably making yeah. Chanel zips for them or but something. But the thing is, they are purchasing custom to their yeah. brand and for their collection, those zips I and those I want everything, hardware. all the hardware, to have some form of a CC on it. Like, that to me is the, like, height of luxury. That is, like, what you would expect. Yeah. Baseline. Yeah. Baseline. Yeah. Um, so then if they're letting that slip, like, what else? are they doing you know one thing i don't like that i've seen it's been going on for a while and it just doesn't impress me and the hardware it's not it's not oh. a hardware thing the lining on the inside mm. of bags are no longer leather yeah. or suede i'm not about and that. i get that some fabrics are hard wearing and mm. you need because you're going to throw all kinds of stuff in your bag yeah i and get suede, that yeah those it's things are and it's high maintenance and they like can color things or whatever yeah I understand but at the same time I don't really I need don't to want see a po- I don't need a lining. polyester lining <laughs> it's so bad I don't care if it means you can put your embossed logo or some embroidered no I might yeah I'm saying I even you. I prefer yeah. like you know the, the cotton felt or something yeah, yeah. like the cotton one yeah a and natural like a, fabric yeah. yeah then I'd be like okay I get it I don't want anything silky no, Actually, the satin, like the um, that. Oh, there's one uh, a bag company I used to work at. We had the we made these like mini suitcases, and those got lined with like a fabric, but it was quite a nice fabric. Okay, but yeah, I don't want it basically to feel like the cheap lining of a Zara suit. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want it to feel like that because sometimes it does. Yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you there. But so, like, on the TikTok that we were watching earlier, this guy had found this sh- Chanel wallet, and he was saying that it was about £1,200, dollars. I can't remember if it was dollars or pounds. Dollars, probably dollars. And um, for this long, so, like, can fit notes in, whatever that's called. I guess it's called a long wallet. Um, Big? Yes. Large? Uh, yeah. Not a coin purse. Yeah, yeah. Um... And basically, yeah, quilted, got a little silver metal CC on it, um, got a zip, and it will have some card holders in. $1,200. He's saying that, like, probably the make cost and all of the raw materials would have come to, like, $60, $70. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give Chanel a bit more lenience there. Yeah. Say I, $100. Let's say 100 or so. That is a, a ten, t- 10 times markup. Mm. Well, more than. Yeah. But, like... I would say that in luxury goods, a five times markup is accept- is really good margins. Yeah. So then if you're going 10 times, like, and obviously it's luxury, they can do what they want. But when you're justifying the price, as he was saying, they were justifying the price on the phone with him for being the raw materials. And he's like, well, I don't think that that is justifying the price. It's not because at the end of the day, what he's saying is they could use exceptional quality, yeah. exceptional craftsmanship and still, still make be, 10 yeah, times yeah, the money yeah. on this sort of markup. So yeah. there's not really a reason for them to scrimp. Yeah. I think what it comes down to in a lot of cases is mass production. Yeah. Um, there is just... 
certain things that can't be done by machine yeah that can be done by hand um and i think like i think was it last year louis vuitton opened yeah because trump was still around um, louis vuitton, <laughs> that's how i remember it because it was uh. the whole thing um Louis Vuitton opened production in the States for the first time. Okay. So in, for the first time, instead of saying made in France, made in Italy, I think they make stuff in Italy as well. They you could now. get a bag and on the tag said made in the USA. Now, listen. Who wants that? Not me. Not I'm me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't. For Oh my um, God, I actually just really don't want a bag that says that. Not a Louis Vuitton bag. If it, if I'm buying... I want a Louis uh, Vuitton bag that's either made in France or in Italy. If I'm buying a, a des- an American designer, yeah. then yeah, of course. Cool. That makes sense. And that's what you're after. Yeah. Um, but not a European I live way brand. closer to like, yeah, a European... like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you lived in the UK, then you would be getting the made in France and Italy yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, um, Not in the made in the US. But it's for the American market, essentially. Mm. Um <sighs> Yeah, I just don't, I don't see why brands of that size and that calibre even need to be jeopardising the quality. And then when you compare it to, I mean, like, you know, small independent businesses that aren't asking for those prices, Mm. it just doesn't add up. But we're we're still like idiots, we're still... (laughs) I'm still gonna buy this shit. But also, I can see Americans loving that. Do you think that? Because I don't think they. I think the difference is I don't think they care that it's made in France. Why do you say that? I just think that they're buying into the brand. But part of the idea of the brand is that it's a European, like far-flung, like romantic destination. I don't know if they see it that way. Really. I mean, I don't see it that way yeah. because it's just France. <laughs> but. but I don't think I see many brands for where their mate come from. If I bought something from Tom Ford, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, this is like some American. But I think, I think fashion nerds do yeah. that. Maybe, maybe fashion nerds, but I also think Louis Vuitton is so bought into that it's not a fashion nerd brand. Like, it is like the entry drug into luxury fashion. The amount of Americans that own like Louis V's. What do you like think that the is the bag of, they get like what do you think the allure of Louis Vuitton is though because I don't know what it is I don't know what it is <laughs> don't like honestly, and it's not to say I don't like the bag I just couldn't I, describe what the allure of it is I couldn't tell you because I don't want actually yeah don't mind no I was gonna actually this is true I don't want one of their plain leather bags no if I were to ever buy anything from there, it would have some form of the monogram on it. Yeah, I'd have to have monogram. But I don't really like the monogram bags. I like the new monogram with the two colours. Oh, okay. I like sort of like the refresh monogram. That's maybe the... Or I'd go for like a little hat box, a little mini hat box. I'd yeah, go like, I like that. I'd that's go the cute. luggage route. The I don't want a speedy. I don't want a speedy. I think like that's that killed me in the, like the 90s or the noughties. Like the oh, bowling you know bag. What? I get that. But it's I also do bag. like it's a speedy. Great, it's a great bag, but yeah. all it makes me think of is like that literally celebs used to wear that with jeans or like the red carpet. Yeah. Um my mum used to have a little flap bag from there, probably like a bit of a sort of saddle bag. Um so I couldn't like couldn't possibly want that. Um I'd maybe get the big holdle, you know. 
Um, but I don't know what the allure is, like the Neverfull and all of that stuff. I don't know. I, I also personally, I'm not super flashy. So the mm. idea of having a very large, I know I've just said I want like their luggage, but yeah. I'm not that flashy. I like nice things, but I kind of want to be the only one who knows that I've got something nice. Oh, I see. You think you're better than us. <laughs> that is not why. It's just more because it's for me personally. Yeah. I, I like the monogram. I don't think I could buy too much of it because I, I do think that there's only so much money I can spend on coat yeah, canvas. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That Sapiano. is my <laughs> <laughs> But I actually do like the design of the yeah. monogram. I think it's got a really cool worn in heritage look like it yeah. ages well and I think that might be the allure of Louis Vuitton's more classic styles it has an age yeah. to it and you can get away with it kind of like how we like things we'll never be able to afford but kind of when we talk about um people who really use their Birkins yes yeah yeah oh the Louis Vuitton, because like all the handles are basically made yes, in like the Chateau leather, but it's also like it's untreated. Yeah, it's like and it's gonna age, and it's just like so. It starts off like this really kind of like insipid, like almost nude, like pale nude color, like the yeah. color of like a newborn baby's skin type thing. Yeah, yeah. But in time, it tans and it wears. Yeah, and it's beautiful. And actually, some people really complain about that with like their handles. Yeah, and, and some but people love it. So so nice mm. and it's amazing and actually like I think that's again like and the canvas sort of wears a bit but not that much but I yeah. think the handles and all the trims yeah and then yeah if you've got the corners on the bags and all this stuff that's really nice it I think look, that's really it can, cool it can look beaten yeah. but still look cool so we could be like Mary Kate and Ashley Definitely, with our yeah, yeah. like beaten up yeah luggage <laughs> yeah. um yeah I think that's it <laughs> Um, I don't know. Mm. There's lots of reasons why, and they're all personal reasons why you would spend a considerable amount of money on, we say this all the time, like stuff that really doesn't matter. It's just clothes, like it's just handbags and clothes and stuff. It's not essential. They are just additions to our wardrobes and the fact that we spend so much money on them you really have to have a big driving force or motivation to want to spend that kind of money. Yeah. Um, and whether that is branding and the way that it makes you feel and the social circle that you feel like you have ingratiated yeah. yourself in could be one. It could be that it genuinely is quality and you only want to buy this item once or twice and then you're done. And it could be... I don't know, but it has to be, like, a reason that's worth, like, a few thousand pounds. Yeah, you know what I just thought of? Is I think in certain circles, and it's going to become even worse for younger people because I think they're, like, those designer bags are rife everywhere at the moment. Mm. But I grew up when my mum had maybe one or two nice bags. I think you had the same, Mm. where your mum, like, would have one or two nice bags. So I feel like part of it is a little bit like okay the societal thing is you grow up you find someone you get married you buy a house you maybe have children you maybe do this like you do x y and z you go on a few holidays a year like there's this archetypal life yeah yeah, yeah. i think some for some people the tick box in there is also designer like to have a nice bag like 
for me, like for you, you thought like yours is a nice watch, like yeah, or whatever. Or there are certain goals, and like I've definitely grown up with certain goals that it's almost like comparable to me as to owning a property. It's like yeah, and like for me, and I know for you with your watch. I'm buying that Chanel bag. Yeah, 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 Like, it's not being gifted to me. Like, I don't want to be gifted a house you can. Yeah. But, like, I also... Like, but I also want to earn that. Yeah. And I think people... Some people have it with cars. Some people, maybe it's handbags. Some people, whatever it might be. Some people want that second property. But I think it's joining people's list of things they want in their life. Yes. Because I, I think everyone aspires to something like that from some degree. Whatever it might be. Yeah. Whether it's a car, whether it's a watch, someone's got that asp- aspirational item. It's the ability to be able to afford it. Yeah. As opposed I think that's to... It. I think it's what it represents. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's what it represents. It's maybe it's parting with that cash. It's maybe like, I own something from that. I remember I bought like a hundred pound ring from Chanel and I was like, I've gone into a Chanel store and I bought something yeah, like yeah. that was a great feeling i bought the cheapest thing in their store but it still gave me something like yeah i think it's that kind of a thing that people yeah i think that's a huge element of it for more regular folk yeah for wealthier people i don't know i don't no. know i'm i'm not one of them I, I would i would say that i think after a certain amount of time they probably would get like get cross but also if you are in the region of having like 50 handbags you're not using it that often for it to have issues do you know what i mean like yeah if i'm buying a chanel handbag that becomes my daily handbag or it becomes yeah. my handbag i wear a lot and i'm gonna use it a and you're lot. more likely to baby it because it's like you're yeah and purchase. you look after it because yeah and you're gonna like keeping it in its dust bag at night and all of that stuff so you're gonna put see the any flaws in, in it that yeah Whereas if not. you just have loads of these bags and you're like, yeah, oh, okay, I'll wear my pink one tonight. And then, yeah, okay, I'll get the Birkin out. I'll get this, I'll get that. Beyonce, I'll have to get them out of storage. I but... mean, <laughs> what a great problem to have. Do you know what I mean? So that's probably how these brands get away with it. Because <gasps> they're such like... a good... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and we've spoken how luxury fashion becomes more and more like fast fashion consumption. Mm. It's like if um, if you're gonna collect every color of yeah. Birkin, I'm not saying that Hermes is shit quality. I don't know, but if you're gonna collect every color or every heart shaped Chanel bag from last collection, or you know, have a collection of whatever bags, whatever brand that you like, then yeah, you're just it, it matters less to you, mm. maybe probably yeah we'll one day know <laughs> manifest yeah, it sure we'll get out of our toxic relationship with chanel <laughs> yeah i mean i'm still buying a chanel yeah, thing, yeah. exactly i'd be lying if i said i'm not so i guess maybe the poll could be like what would deter you yeah what is a big like not red flag but like a big no-no or like with the telful thing of like would a big thing like this deter you from buying from a brand? Well, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Style Over Substance, guys. 
don't forget to check out our Instagram or Spotify to respond to this week's poll. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.